Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you. So you never have to deal with a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone and go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. Well, folks, your pal Sully is on the road. In fact, I'm in transit. In fact, I'm at an airport because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to record a show today. But I'm recording it from the airport right to you. This is Lockdown MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. To Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I really hope this is recording because from the airport in Philadelphia, I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Um, using airport Wi-Fi and trying to make everything here work is, uh, you know, it's interesting. But you know what? Uh, I've been in transit going from one end of the country to the other. I've wound up in airports more often than I can admit over the last few days, and I'm just throwing this out. I've been on the show in a couple of days. I am your host. You follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us at uh, the show at Lockdown and will be pods on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, and why I'm in airport right now, uh, <laughs> setting up with uh, my little microphone and earphones and with the Announcements inevitably coming on here. This is not going to be an episode whose sound quality I am going to be sending to the Smithsonian anytime soon. But I am your host. I am an Emmy nominated television producer. I've been a writer. I've been written many baseball articles. I've appeared on HBO Sports and other places. And I've been podcasting for over a decade. I've been here at the Lockdown Network since. Well, I came over here in 2019. That's right. I came over here in 2019. I had done my old show, the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast, from 2012 until um, really 2017. I did. I kind of took a hiatus in the 2018 season, but uh, a year where my team won the World Series. But I digress. Hey, um, I'm here in Philadelphia, and you will see that I, I recorded a, a, a couple of podcasts in Philadelphia that just need to be edited. And I want to just sort of go over some of the stuff that's been happening. In baseball, I wound up going to uh, Citizens Bank Ballpark I'd never been to before. Stay tuned. There's an episode that was partly recorded there. Beautiful ballpark. Uh, I had been to the vet, and as you'll hear in the upcoming show, I have a very, very soft spot in my heart for the vet. It was the place where the Phillies won the World Series. It was the place where the Phillies finally had their great glory moments, which they never had in the stadiums they played into prior to the vet. So I, I think the vet deserves some love. Uh, but I'll tell you, this this ballpark, which I've never been to until just the other day, is really, really terrific. And not only is it a good, solid ballpark just in terms of having all the modern amenities, but when you walk around it, they, they really honor the, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, the, the history of the Phillies and the tradition of the Phillies. And so uh, I had a wonderful time. Uh, do you also have a wonderful time? The Philadelphia Phillies, 
they're playing the minor league team that calls themselves the Washington Nationals. I went to the game on Friday night, and this was the game where the Phillies hit three home runs in the first inning. It was 4 nothing after the first inning. And Kyle Gibson pitched a no-hitter into the seventh inning. And when he got to the seventh inning, I really thought, oh, my God, I'm going to see a no-hitter. I've never seen a no-hitter. This is great. This is the best. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But you know what? It was, uh, it was quite a thrill, and it was a, it was a severe butt kick. And the Nationals, they really only – and I told my friend who I, I watched the game with, I pointed that Victor Robles, the center fielder, was really the last remaining player of any significance in the lineup from the team that won the World Series in 2019. And it was Victor Robles who misplayed a ball in the center field into a uh, triple by JT Real Muto. Uh, Gibson lost a no-hitter in the seventh, but pitched eight wonderful innings. And by going on this recent rampage, the Phillies are a playoff team. And if things look bad for the team for Washington on Friday night, uh, yesterday, which was Saturday, I'm recording this on uh, at the airport on uh, Sunday. The uh, what the heck day is it here? Um, uh, Sunday is it the seventh uh, of yeah seventh of August? Um, the Phillies scored six runs in the top of the in the bottom of the first thing, and and just pulled out ahead and absolutely spanked the Washington Nationals who just looked haggard. And you know, the the Nats wound up scoring five runs, but it was it was just uh, um, it was clearly a team that is not playing major league baseball right now. And it's funny that well, it's not necessarily funny. Uh, Corbin started for Washington. Corbin is also a holdover from the World Series team, but he's having a terrible season. And he wound up, he went into the game yesterday with an ERA six point something. And he only lasted two thirds of an inning. Two thirds of an inning. He let up a pair of home runs. He let up either five or six runs. Um, all I know is, that he, I can't remember the lines who were pleading for him. He just, all I know is that his ERA now starts with a seven. And it's not like, oh, he's had two bad starts. It's like, we're less than 60 games. Uh, away from the end of the season, which is a uh, little point I'm going to make in a second here. The Nats just don't look like a team that's that's even fielding a major league roster. The Nationals are going up against Aaron Noel. They're starting Corey Abbott today. Um, I don't know. I can't fathom them winning this game. And if they don't, I mean, the, the Philadelphia Phillies have gone on. They're on a four-game winning streak. They won nine of their last ten games. And you know what? They're actually kind of creeping up on the Atlanta Braves. Meanwhile, the Nationals are, they've lost their last four games. They are, as of this recording, the worst team in baseball. And um, no pressure. They wound up getting a bunch of good prospects in the Scherzer trade, in the in several of the other deals that they made, including um, Soto. And it looks like they have the number one pick overall. Don't blow this, Washington, because you blew up a – not only did you blow up a World Series champion, you blew up a chance to have a franchise player for this rebuild. So they cannot screw this rebuild up. But there was a huge series that was going on between the Mets and the Atlanta Braves, 
And this was a chance for Atlanta to finally overtake the Mets. Atlanta had that huge long winning streak. The Mets had lost DeGrom and Scherzer and several other players take key injuries. And the Braves kept making runs at the Mets, but they never, ever were able to leapfrog them. So this was a chance, head-to-head, with the Braves as strong as they are, to finally you know, jump over the Mets into first place and give the Mets credit. They've, you know, they've won the two games in the doubleheader yesterday, um, and Scherzer has pitched great, and the Mets have opened up a five-and-a-half-game lead on the Braves, which means they, the Phillies are closer to the Braves than the Braves are to the Mets. The Braves are um, six games back in the loss column of the Mets, and the Phillies are only three games back in the loss column of Atlanta. And the Phillies look pretty good. Granted, they were playing Washington, but they look pretty good. But the team to really sort of, you know, take a good long look at is the Mets and the fact that they face this challenge. And they've been facing challenges all year. And they have been able to secure it. And it's funny. The Phillies have taken off since letting go of Joe Girardi. So I, I was always a big, you know, supporter of Joe Girardi. But apparently, the Phillies didn't hire the right person. He didn't hire the person who connected the best with the team. Start for the overhead. I, I, I asked him if they could be quiet for a little bit. But with Joe Girardi no longer on the team, it's clear the importance of trying to hire the right people. And if you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your smart business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easy to find the people you want to talk to faster. You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize we like to hire and interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your show for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Sarah Langs, but if you don't follow Sarah Lyons, she's one of the best followers of any uh, baseball brain out there, especially for bringing up kind of minutia in the uh, statistical world. When the Josh Hader trade happened and the Brewers traded their all-star closer to the San Diego Padres, it was the first time a team traded one of their – a first-place team traded away an all-star for the trade deadline, since the A's traded Yohannes Cespedes to the Boston Red Sox for John Lester in 2014. You see stars traded away after the All-Star break. Hell, Juan Soto is the best example of that recently. But this was a first-place team trading away an All-Star at the break. Hadn't happened since, uh, hadn't happened for eight years. Now, 
for those of you who followed that A's team in 2014, and I was one of them, the A's had the best record in the American League going into the All-Star break. After the Cespedes trade, they barely made it to the postseason. They were the visiting team in the wild card game, and if they didn't win that final game of the season, which was a complete game victory by Sonny Gray, then the A's would have had to play a one-game playoff with the Seattle Mariners. Remember them? And it probably would have been John Lester versus Felix Hernandez for the uh, for the playoff for the wild card playoff. If I'm wrong about that, I humbly apologize. But what I'm saying is it didn't work then. Now I'm not saying correlation equals causation because John Lester was a was a all star pitcher himself, and Lester actually he pitched pretty well for the A's, and actually he pitched well in to the eighth inning in the in the one-game playoff. Bob Melvin left him in one inning too long. He fell apart in the eighth. If, if Melvin had taken him out in the seventh and they had gone to Gregerson and Doolittle to close the game out, and the A's were three outs away twice from winning that series, or winning that one-game playoff, then maybe John Lester would have played a big part. The A's would have won the World Series, and people would have looked at that trade as really smart. Instead, people look at that as the moment where the team started to spiral. And they were saying that as it happened. Well, let's take a quick look at what's happened to the Milwaukee Brewers since they traded away Josh Hader. They traded him. They won on the. They won a series in Boston. They lost the final game. Josh Hader's last save was uh, on July 29th in a game against the Boston Red Sox. They didn't play on the first. So it was a trade deadline day. Hader was traded to San Diego. At the time. Uh, the Brewers had a three-game lead. Uh, they had a four-game lead, and they had, it went down to three when Boston won the game. But they had a three-game lead over St. Louis for the uh, National League Central. And they were going to be facing two sets of tomato cans. They were going to be facing the Pittsburgh Pirates, who stink, and the Cincinnati Reds, who stink. Well, guess what? We are now in the seventh day of August and it, since trading away Josh Hader, the Brewers have won one game. One game against the Pirates. They won 5-1. to one. But they lost three close games to the Pirates in a sweep. The Pirates swept them. 5-3, 8-7 in a walk-off game, 5-4 in a walk-off game. And then they lost yesterday 7-5 in close games. Two of them walk-offs. Two of them games where they were clearly on the verge of potentially winning. And you trade away your closer. And you lose games to teams you should not be losing to. The Brewers were one of those teams that I looked at as a potential spoiler. I had the same thought about them last year. It looked like they were going to be a solid division winner and skip over the whole wild card round thing. But since going one for August, not only have the Brewers let the Cardinals come climb back and the Cardinals who wound up winning uh, the first two games against the Yankees. I'll get to them in just a little bit. Not only have they allowed the Cardinals to get back in it, but out of this recording, the St. Louis Cardinals, who, by the way, haven't lost in uh, the month of August. In fact, since the 26th, day of July, they lost one game 
7-6. Oddly, they lost it to the terrible one Nationals, but they get two out of three from the Nats. They swept the Cubs, and they took the first two games from the New York Yankees. And with that, the Cardinals have not only dusted themselves off, because they were, they were fighting tooth and nail with the Philadelphia Phillies for the third wildcard spot. Well, right now, forget the wildcard spot. The Cardinals are alone in first place at top of the National League Central. And not only that, with this recent losing streak and the fact that the Phillies have been beating up the Washington Nationals, the Brewers, with their pitching, with their, their sense of urgency to the World Series this year, are not a playoff team. Right now, if the playoffs were to start today, the Brewers are not a playoff team. They have fallen out of the third wild card spot, which currently is taken over by the Philadelphia Phillies, who are taking on the Washington Nationals sometime later this afternoon. Does correlation equal causation? No. But maybe, just maybe, there's a sense of frustration brewing over in Milwaukee. No matter what the ownership says about the deal. And they've been saying, oh, we were trying to make the team better, this, that, the other thing. And they did pick up some good prospects for him. And Hader had had a couple of bad games leading up to the All-Star break. And so maybe they thought like, hey, look it. Maybe this All-Star closer is starting to stub his toe and it's starting to melt down. And this is Operation Brad Lidge. Great relief pitcher who starts to have a horrible year in his walk year. Said, why don't we just get another person with closing experience, get some young players from him and call it a day. Which is a cost-cutting move. I don't care what anyone says about it. The move for Cespedes for Lester made sense in a mindset of, hey, look it, Cespedes is a really good hitter, but Lester is an ace pitcher. And if we can add another ace pitcher to our staff, we might be able to go deep in the postseason. It didn't work out, but it made sense in that way. This is, we are going to try to get some young players and a replacement closer so we don't have to deal with free agency. I don't know what something like that has effect on a team. But if you're a major team with thoughts of winning a pennant dancing in your head, and suddenly your ownership, while you're in first place in the second half of the season, is doing cost-cutting moves, does that have a negative effect on the team? I don't know. They just got up by the parts. You know, they're, they're, they, they lose today. They'll lose a series to the Cincinnati Reds. They're out of a playoff spot altogether, and they're going to be playing Tampa Bay uh, in the next couple of days. And Tampa Bay is a good team. And then guess what? Guess what happens on Friday? They head to St. Louis. They have a chance to either climb back in the first or have the Cardinals pummel them. This is a critical week for the Milwaukee Brewers, a team whose window of opportunity is now. Yes, the Mets are better than them. Yes, the Dodgers are better than them. Over 162 games. As we saw last year with Atlanta and with the Nationals in 2019, for that matter, it's not about what you do over 162. It's can you better be better than them for a best-of-five or a best-of-seven-game series. And with Burns and everyone in their rotation, they have the team that could have done that. And maybe having Hayter no longer locking him down, is it giving him a, a sense of doubt? I don't know. All I'm seeing is they're not a playoff team now. A few weeks ago, they had a few weeks ago, one week ago, like 10 days ago, they had a four game lead. Four games. 
we got about what fifty six games left. Fifty six games. That's about eight weeks. We got about eight weeks of games left in the season. It's really tough to make up a game. It really is. The only way to do it is when you have head-to-head matchups, like Milwaukee's going to have in about a week with St. Louis. But there's frustration boiling over. And if the Brewers don't get out of this schneid, they lose a series to Cincinnati, and they go up against a really good Tampa Bay team, and then face the St. Louis Cardinals, we're going to be talking about this as a as a collapse. I don't want to see the Brewers collapse. I like the Brewers. I like the Brewers team. I, I'd love to see the Brewers win a World Series eventually. This is not me being a Brewer hater. This is just me saying maybe there's a reason why first-place teams don't trade their all-stars at the trade deadline. And after what happened with the A's in 2014, what's happened with the Brewers, uh, I think it's a long shot of you're going to see it happen again. So I would not put any money on a bet of a team trading away one of their top players when they're in first place. And if you're going to make any bets, go to betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, National Hockey League, combat sports, e-sports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline is where the game starts. So the the... Yankees and the Cardinals played, uh, and if this is a preview of the World Series, look, it's probably not. I mean, we've seen the Dodgers are going on a massive winning streak now, and they have faced the San Diego Padres, and they do not seem by the new look Padres. They've been winning these key games as if to say, hey, this is cute, little brother, but the fact is, we're better than you. And we're seeing the Mets also taking on their challenge of the Atlanta Braves. And we've seen St. Louis leapfrog their way into first place. The first two victories, a combined win against Clay Holmes, of all people, on Friday, was frustrating for Yankee fans. Uh, but for Yankee fans on Saturday, the game must have been an absolute nightmare. You know, about trading away players who are productive when you're in first place. That's exactly what the Yankees did with Jordan Montgomery. Now, look, at Jordan Montgomery is not the second coming of Tom Seaver. I know that. And the Yankees did make a very, very smart trade, bringing Frankie Montaz and Trevino to give them some depth in their starting rotation. In the way, it became a lateral move. They brought in Montaz, and they got rid of Montgomery. I've heard a lot of people defending the trade, saying that Harrison Bader is a move not for this year, but for upcoming seasons, fine. But the Yankees are trying to win this year. And it's tough to understand why a team would make their pitching depth worse in a year where they are pushing all the chips in and trying to win with a sense of urgency. Again, Montgomery is not a Cy Young contender. What he is is a soldier who gives him innings. He doesn't wear 
bullpen. He's a gutsy pitcher who pitches through trouble and someone who, if the Yankees give him any support, will pick up some wins. Now, true to form, the Cardinals didn't give uh, Montgomery much of support run-wise, but they wound up winning the game against Herman and the Yankees. Uh, it was a one nothing game. Yeah, one nothing. Now, look at the Yankees are going to win the division. The Yankees are going to be that is going to be a worthy contender for the pennant. But they are no longer the lock to have the best record in the American League. In fact, like if these two scenarios happen, if the Yankees lose today and the Astros win, the Astros have the best record in the American League with about 55 games left to play. The Yankees want to be able to say if there's a Game 7 LCS between them and the Houston Astros to have that final seventh game to be played in the Bronx. And they're hanging on to that by only one game in the loss column right now. Jordan Montgomery pitched for St. Louis yesterday, and he wasn't great, but he kept them off the board. He kept the Yankees' bats pitched five, shut out ball. The Cardinals wound up getting the rest. Now, the Yankees wound up getting decent pitching from Domingo Herman, who also pitched five solid innings, but they got the loss. And think about, like, they have Jameson Tyon, who's not pitched well recently. They have Severino, who's on the disabled list. They have Cole, who's a legit uh, ace pitcher. You have um, uh, Domingo Herman, who has pitched well, to his credit, over the last couple of starts, but he too has had his share of injury issues. And you have Montas, who we'll see how he does as a Yankee. Not everyone pitches well necessarily as a Yankee. And Montgomery had done a good job. But that's a potentially fragile rotation. They really can't afford any more injuries on that team. The Yankees want to have this home field advantage. Well, they're probably going to win 100 games, but so is Houston. And if they're playing on the road, if they give Houston the home field advantage, ALCS, suddenly becomes advantage Houston. So the Montgomery trade right now doesn't seem to make much sense. Yes, they admire Bader, and they think he may be a better long-term fit for Hicks. But do you know what? this is a short-term team in New York. And who they traded away just beat them. So we're going to see what happens. But if there's a lesson for today, if you're in first place and en route to the playoffs, don't trade away one of your good players. It doesn't always work. But you know what does work? The fact that I'm going to record a podcast whether I'm waiting in an airport or not. So go to Locked On MLB uh, Pods on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me. I'm your pal segment, Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Sitting at the airport and figuring out how best to handle dealing with players when you're in first place. Don't. This is Locked On MLB for the seventh day of August, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.